This is Let's Talk Business with your hosts, Mark Ebinger and Howie Nestel. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, a show that talks entrepreneurship with some of the best businesses in the San Antonio area. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk with Ronnie Vargas, a sales professional at the RNL Certified Auto Group. Ronnie, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. I'm happy to be here. Excellent. We're also going to talk with Stephanie Stone Rob, the owner and founder of the Enterprising Agent, who specializes in business coaching for real estate agents. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Bet. In studio with us today, of course, is Howie Nestel, the owner of Sharkmatic Advertising, where he and his team have helped over 1,500 clients grow their marketing influence. Howie, as always, a pleasure. And you said, of course, in the studio. I like that. Yeah. yeah he's you. like a regular. He's going to take over the show soon, I think. Great probably. to be here, Mark. I'm your host, Mark Ebinger, the owner of Krukus Marketing Agency, a company that specializes in hiring virtual executive assistants from outside the United States. A quick reminder for our listeners, you can catch video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. And if you're a business owner in the San Antonio area and would like to have your company featured on the show, visit our website at satalkradio.com or call our office at 210-879-8804. That's 210-879-8804. Uh, Ronnie, I see you watching me over there. He's thinking, you know what? I could probably do this better than Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I should, you practice. Uh, Howie, you need to have you do the intro on this show just to kind of, you know. You want me to do this one? No. No. We're, we're, we're steaming through it. Ronnie, that's, that... that's for you right there. And then, and then something, this is for you okay, right Okay, great. Here. Thank you. All right. Yes, of course. Definitely. That was the practice, right? I just we just blew yes. right and through. And that was yeah, so yeah. good. It was good. That was good. Yeah. No One pressure. take mark. I love it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? All right. Well, sniper. let's just keep rolling. We'll just keep rolling the show. Um, all right. So um when it comes to uh I guess social media and the importance of social media online, um, it's something that you guys pay attention to, Ronnie. I, I know with your uh used car sales that you guys are doing over there, you guys are on there, you're continually putting information out there like what's the deal of the day yes you're somebody that bought a car happy customers kind of a thing so do you like that aspect of it is this something that you think is important yes sir 100 percent. i do uh, mainly because a lot of franchise they don't really do their own marketing so nobody really knows that they're selling cars over there other than if they see you in a shirt stuff like that but whenever we're getting ourselves out there on social media everybody knows hey this is what this guy does especially with the happy customers, the testimonials, the follow-up videos, and then to see, oh, they came back, repeat customer up in big words. They're like, oh, these people are coming back often. So they must be doing something right over there. And I think that's huge to the company and the individual in, in general. It's like relevance. I, th I think that's one of the big things social media allows us to be as relevant in our space. Because people will check out your website, which, I mean, how he's an expert in that area. But then they're also going to, in their due diligence, right, yeah. research, they're going to go check you out on social media and see if you're relevant in the space. Mm -hmm. And they're going to look for things like you were just talking about. You know, exactly. the deal of the day kind of a thing. When was it? Was it October 2021? Was that the last deal of the day? You know what yeah. I mean? Or was it yesterday? Or is it today? Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. That's that relevance. What are your thoughts, Howard? You want to be where your prospects are. So if your prospects are at HEB, you should be on the receipts on the back of HEB. If your prospects are on social media doing the doom scroll, and then they want to see something pop up of some confetti and somebody happy driving off in a new car, that's where you want to be. You know, if customers or prospects are searching on Google and they're putting in key phrases, you want your website to come up, search engine optimization. You have to be where your prospects are. It's like Ronnie was saying, you're not going to be everywhere with a shirt with your logo on it. Exactly. And even if you are everywhere, now you have to count on the fact that they're going to read it 
and then they're going to zoom in and see what it is and that they're going to even have the audacity to come and ask you what you do. Mm-hmm. And in this day and age, most people don't ask. They want to see first and then they want to call and then they want to show up, but they want to see something digital first, exactly. vet you, right, before they come and call you. Yeah, that footprint in all day, it lasts. And Stephanie, how are you guys doing on uh, <clears throat> social media? Is that something you guys are paying attention to? It's huge. Uh, you know, in my industry, we're definitely in a relationship industry. And creating that relationship digitally is always step one. People want to work with me because they like my energy, they like my vibe, they like my approach. And so when they can feel like they know me, that trust is so much easier to gain. And you can't do that in just a, a, a quick face-to-face interaction. You know, they have to ease into it a little bit and that social media presence and letting people know who I am even more so than what I do, I think is that measure of success. Yeah, real good point. Yeah, yeah. and it used to be the other way. Before the internet, before social media, you would go to events, you'd meet people, you were excited to see them again if you had already met them. You follow up, you go to each other's businesses, maybe give each other a tour or go to lunch and have a meeting. That model, I'm not saying is dead now, but it's greatly enhanced by social media because now you can interact with a lot more people than you used to be able to before all these digital mediums. So before you might be able to handle 100 to 150 relationships pretty well. Now you can handle a couple thousand pretty well. Exactly. You can go through and comment on their stuff and say, oh, my God, that's so awesome. Congratulations. Didn't know you did this. And if you do it in a sincere way, mm-hmm. people like to reciprocate. Then the algorithm starts showing your feeds to the people mm-hmm. that you commented on. And then you become this one big happy family. But I still have entrepreneurs that tell me, I hate social media. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure. on it. I don't really? want to use it. Congratulations. You know, especially in an election year. Oh, my God. I hate <laughs> all, all right. that stuff, right? Well, that brings up another point. I do tell clients, I don't always follow my own advice, but I do tell clients, try to keep your personal views on politics away from your business social media pages. Yeah. Politics, religion, and health. Just yes. Avoid yeah. those three right there. Yeah. yeah. Well, Unless I, you're in one of those three industries, then that all day long. <laughs> uh, yeah. I have a longer list, by the way. It includes those, and it also includes don't put up your personal problems. Don't put up oh. how depressed you're feeling because mm-hmm. you want a lot of people to give you likes and cares mm-hmm. and this and that and reach out. You know, I said it's not that humans don't care. Is that 70% of people don't care, but 30% are happy that it happened to you. So don't, <laughs> yes. so don't, yeah. don't put it on there, you know? <laughs> That's a Howieism. We gotta get that quote. <laughs> so I'm building this library of Howieisms on a, a, a playlist. Put it on, on a t-shirt. YouTube channel. Yeah, right. All right, cool. All right, well, let's get into the segments. Uh, first up on the show is Ronnie Vargas, the sales professional at the RNL Certified Auto Group. Ronnie, we're glad to have you on the show. You got kind of a smooth, easy way about you. Thank you. I appreciate it. It goes a long way. Yeah, is that <laughs> how you're happy are to be here? Out, out on the uh, the lot. Oh please? no. Uh, <laughs> I am high yeah, Ronnie's leaning back and you're leaning into him. What does yeah, that say? I I'm am looking super at the high dynamic. tempo. My video is is just mainly because when they see me high tempo, excited about deals of the day, stuff like that, I they're gonna expect me to be that when they get to the dealership. So whenever they arrive, the appointment's set. I go through their profiles, you know, get see what they look like, and then uh, I'm a walk. I'm waiting for them to walk in, so I could be like, Oh, hey, Stephanie, how's it going? And they're like. Oh, hey, Ronnie, you know, like, I was expecting you, like, you're early, stuff like that. So it's super high tempo, um, but, you know, just... And positive, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. Smile. Like, People yeah. like that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Especially if they're going to come in and spend several 
or yeah. lots of money. It's like right? the like the Cheers bar version of the of the car lot business, right? Yeah. Where everybody knows your name. Exactly. Walk in and you're excited to see him. You give him a beer. No. No. Okay. No. No. All right. Just <laughs> give him a Red Bull. Water. <laughs> water all day. We got plenty of water. Hydrate. Right. Yeah. Very important. <laughs> Hydrate with Red Bull. I don't know. All right. So over 900 reviews on Google, a, a rating of 4.2. That's really good. Uh, especially, I would think it might be difficult on a car lot to, you know, get perfect reviews. Of course, any business, right? Mm-hmm. No, and, yeah, and to keep people happy. Yeah. You know? And people like to complain on social media, to your point earlier. Yeah. Uh, over 2,000 followers on Facebook. So, like, uh, new photo, new owner photos, videos on special sales and deal of the, of the day videos. So, really good ideas on what you guys are doing. Who's coordinating all of that content? Is it your bosses? Hey, uh, you need to see so much? Or? Yeah, so the owner, uh, we follow Andy Elliott. He's a sales like trainer professional. He flies us out to Arizona every now and then for uh, seminars, and he just goes over everything. But we have a marketing team. He actually just hired a videographer. He's awesome. He's always putting up clips on TikTok, YouTube, wherever, um, of everybody. And so we're really getting everybody's name out there, too. So, I mean, he's the one really running that, but it's mainly individuals you know, setting up their own uh, marketing as well, such as myself. I'm constantly posting reels on my uh, platforms, and that's what really gets out. At the end so you get your own Instagram that you're operating off of and Facebook? I do. Instagram is mainly just uh, keeping that, like, the portfolio of all my sales, but Facebook is really where I'm shooting out marketing. You know, I pay for my own marketing, too, every now and then, but uh, if, again, if times are slow, stuff like that, but I'm really just shooting out reels, majority, like Facebook posts and adding friends constantly. How do you know what's working and what's not? Now, and I ask that because I have people that will tell me, oh, my God, I watch your videos all the time. But they never comment. They don't give a like. They don't give anything. But they're watching them. So do you have a way of knowing what's working? I have uh, Facebook business. So I see all the statistics, how long they watch them, what they're really watching. Like sports cars really sell, especially in Texas. Everybody wants a truck, lifted trucks. So that's why my deals of the day or everybody that what something want, like what somebody wants. And so I take a look at all that, look at the numbers and the review, but also our marketing team gives us some insight as well. Like uh, the songs that I put in my reels, I look up trending songs right now. And so like Taylor Swift is big right now. <laughs> so majority of my, my reels have Taylor Swift, anything Taylor Swift right now. But So yeah, we constantly look at the market and stuff like that. What kind of views are you getting on your videos that you put in Taylor Swift? Um, maybe like three or 400 per video, but my biggest video was around 50,000 views on Facebook. Nice. It just, I don't know what it was. I'm still trying to figure that out in the algorithm, but it had to do something with the hashtag or what it was particularly. It was just a truck, nothing crazy about it. Mm-hmm. But it just but were you like running around it naked or anything? Or no, you like it was just, it was just another one that? of my, <laughs> <laughs> it was just another one of my deals of the day and it just blew up out of nowhere and everybody was freaking out. Family was calling me. It was like, what's going on? I was like, I have no idea. Like, this is just my phone's going off, off, off. And so that was pretty awesome. Um, yeah. yeah. Just nothing nothing out of the normal, you know. So how did you get involved with selling cars in the first place? What's your background there? Uh, so I served five years in the Marine Corps, and then I got out as a military contractor for another five. But I, the purpose wasn't there. I was in a cubicle, or I traveled around the world migrating network, network hospitals. Mm-hmm. But although it was, you know, I paid well, I did very good for myself, I wasn't happy. You know, I was constantly going over there away from the family and stuff like that. And I was complaining to a friend who I actually work with right now still. And he was like, hey, man, come sell cars with me. I just got promoted. I'm doing good. You know, we're killing it. I was like, what do I look like selling cars? You know, yeah. so I joked off about it. And then um, a couple months later, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to take you up on that because I, I have a clearance with the government still. 
And so I tried it for a few months, and a year and some change later, I haven't looked back. It's mainly because the time that I've been there, it's very high tempo. I like working for my paycheck instead of just sitting somewhere on salary. And uh, the environment there is just incredible, especially the owner taking really good care of us. But at the end of the day, I think it's just mainly purpose. Like, I'm like, I'm good at this. I like this. I'm having a lot of fun. And... Uh, yeah, it's it's something new too. Man, it just, hasn't gone away. I love that. And you just proved my point. That must be the military seat right there because we yeah. did another podcast and there was a military vet, both mm-hmm. uh, Marines and, and Army, and he talked about his stick-to-itiveness and his follow-up mm-hmm. game and all this other yeah. stuff. There's something about you military guys, man, and women that just like, you know, you run circles around us civilians when it comes to the follow-up and the enthusiasm yeah. and getting the job done and working for your pay and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So mm-hmm. congrats. Well, you learn attention to detail in the Marine Corps, right? I mean, I, oh, I, I, I'm, I was Air Force, so we don't really learn attention to detail necessarily in the Air Force <laughs> based on training. But, I mean, I saw Full Metal Jacket. That looked pretty attention <laughs> looked to detail. Pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%, yeah, all day. You've seen that movie too, right? I think it's oh, probably yeah, required sure. viewing if you're going to go into Marines. That's, right? Yeah, day one in boot camp, that's what they show you. Yeah. No, <laughs> they act it out. Yeah. It's like real life. Yeah, act it out. Yeah. So my son, actually, my 12-year-old last year for Halloween, we got him a costume. He wanted to be a Marine. And so he dressed as a Marine. And then we had the dog, and they, he would take the dog. And so we went to Costco, and he walked in with a Costco and, and with, a like, a machine gun strapped to his back. <laughs> You know, a plastic one, green okay. and green and orange. Yeah, so nobody, yeah, yeah. So nobody was confused that it wasn't a real gun. And he's like, "Dad, everybody's thanking me for my service." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Highlight Good of job. his day. And, and then, yeah, and then the low light was we got kicked out of Costco because apparently, unless it's a service dog, you can't be walking around with a dog in there. So anyway, but uh, so I, I love that. So one, of course, thank you for your service, and two, thank you, thank you. man. Um, you guys are getting it done. Tell tell me a little bit about. Okay, you said sports cars, lifted trucks. Mm-hmm. What what do people want to buy, and then what do they what can they actually afford to buy when they come in? And tell me about how you all finance them and that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, that's a good question. A lot of our financing, we have first time buyer programs, a second, third chance financing. That's what we majority see, but we establish in rebuilding and establishing credit in general. So let's say an 18-year-old kid comes in here um, wanting a charger. And I'm t- just talking to him for a little bit. I'm like, okay, have you ever financed anything before? And he's like, well, no, this is going to be my first time buying a vehicle. Not everybody jumps into a $30,000, $40,000 vehicle right off the bat. So I think the bigger picture here is just explaining to him, hey, you got to get some established credit. But at the same time, we're going to put you into something reliable, such as a Toyota Corolla. It's not going to be that expensive, but it's going to hold its value. So when in six to eight months, maybe a year, if you really want to get rid of it, one, you're not going to be upside down. Two, we'll take it off your hands, put it back on the lot. And three, you'll have some rapport built with that lender, and they'll want to give you more money down the road. So then that's when you'll be able to jump in then a $25,000, $30,000 sports car. But vehicles in general, we do ha- sell a lot of sports cars and trucks, but majority of them are family units, uh, you know, three-row SUVs, and economical vehicles as well. Because in San Antonio, we live 30, 40 minutes away from everything. Yeah. So they really want to save money on gas, especially being – gas and diesel being the same price at this point, uh, they really just want something that's going to be the most bang for their buck. And so that's what a lot of sales as well. But our inventory is very diverse. You guys so. do special order as well, right? Special order used cars? Yes, sir. Tell me about that. Yeah, so if somebody sees a Corvette and they're like, oh, but I don't want to buy it new, you know, go to the Chevrolet, they're like, oh, this is ridiculously priced because it's brand new. They want to buy used because it's already depreciated in value. But it's, let's just say I don't have a brand new C8 or a, a year or two old C8 Corvette. 
they're going to see, hey, like, can you get me this vehicle, but a little bit underpriced because it's used? Like, heck yeah. So we have a huge database across the nation, and they pick the year, mileage, color, trim, everything, even like to the bottom dollar of their price of budget. And so once we find that perfect vehicle for them, we ship it out to us and sell it to them, and we don't even charge them for the shipping. Everything's included. And so a lot of people want to go that route as well because they see something online that we don't really have, but we'll go out of our way to do that for them. When you guys are going to ship the vehicle to you, do you have to pay the whole purchase price before you ship it to yourself? Yes, sir, but we also show them, like, the rating, the maintenance, every single thing that is, like, that we could see on the screen, we show them so that it gives them that reassurance, hey, when it does get here, it's still going to have a warranty. We're going to cover, major, like, major items, but... You know, the only downside is you won't be able to test drive it until it's here, but we have to go through the whole purchase, which majority of the people are okay with that because we're a certified dealership. Like if it was just, uh, you know, ABC Motors down the road, that might be a little iffy, but the certified goes a long name in our, in our, uh, in the process because we get every vehicle checked out. What if there's something wrong with a car or what if it's not quite Mm -hmm. what they expected? That's a good point. So with the, uh. When, let's just say our inventory manager goes to the auction Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We only look at green light auction vehicles and 4.0 ratings and above. So if the auction were to find something or not find something that's wrong with the vehicle, our mechanics check it out again when it does get to the lot, and we don't post it online or put it on our front line unless it's 100% ready to go because if we're going to put an extended warranty on the vehicle at the end of the day, we're going to make sure that it's not going to have to come back. Or it's going to be a headache, right. bad business. You know, bad Yeah, and if you buy it on a green light, the, the auction is actually guaranteeing that it doesn't have frame damage or transmission or whatever. Because if not, then the dealership can return it to them. Yes. And they have to either refund the money or fix it at the auction's expense. Exactly. So they put it on a green light. Yeah. But mm-hmm. when you guys get a special order vehicle and you guys do an inspection of it there mm-hmm. as well, right? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's already still already paid for. Exactly. But, I mean... Nothing's really final until the customer, you know, signs on the dotted line. Okay. So even if there is something wrong, we'll be upfront about that. Send it back to auction, get our money back, start the process, make sure to keep the same approval, and just switch vehicles. Well, there's okay. one advantage right there of buying from a reputable, certified car lot. You have an assurance that there's been multiple eyeballs on it, mechanics, experts looking mm-hmm. at it, and that there's a guarantee behind it. You know, exactly. and you could probably even buy an extended warranty. From you guys, right? Yeah. We have two to three year warranties, everything major and further. But I mean, there's warranties all over the market as well, even if you don't want to get a warranty with us. Well, and trust is real important. I know you brought this up a couple of times since I've known you. Mm -hmm. We've had a couple of conversations and it's like trust is a factor, you know, and you're building long term relationships with your clients for referrals, for repeat business, right? That kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. So talk to me about the trust building factor. Yeah. In the car business, I've definitely found that uh, the stigma of car salesmen is not really that great. So in order to become like get over that, it, it is a lot of referral base, you know, family, trusting family, word of mouth. Hey, they really took good care of me, especially our testimonies in the vehicle or in the videos that our videographer does really goes a long way as well. But you do still have those customers that are just like, oh, this is a car salesman. He's just trying to make a sale. In order to break that down, I really build rapport with them from the get-go, you know, trying to relate to them, seeing their vehicle. Oh, you know, I have a Ram, too. Like, what do you use it for? Oh, I go fishing. I used to love fishing with my grandpa, you know, just building that relationship with them right up front so then it breaks down those walls so that, you know, one, yeah, I get paid to sell vehicles, but two, I want you to be able to be happy with the service because I don't want to just do business with you once. I want to sell your whole family. I want you to come back. I want you to trade in. I want you to bring your kids, your grandkids, everything. Because I plan on being in this business for some time. And so that's what's really important there. 
at the end of the day, it could come down to price, right? So it's like yeah. you know, trying to get that cut as low as we can, you know, negotiate, negotiate. I'm, I imagine you have some pretty cool stories there about people trying to negotiate you out of a paycheck. A uh, majority, not really, because majority of the time, customers just want to see their payment. So ah. monthly. So the first question off the bat is, which kind of budget are you trying to stick to monthly-wise? Oh, no more than four. I could go to five, maybe 450. So that's what we're really focusing on. So no matter if I show them a $30,000 sales price, if their payment is at 425, 450, and then I could tell them, hey, like, down you're the only going to be financing it for 22 years. So exactly. it's not that <laughs> <deal>. <laughs> No, financing terms have gone up to like 84 months now. Yeah. yeah. And one time from buy here, pay here, I saw 100 months. Mm -hmm. But at that point, you could really determine that, that term. But since we work with lenders, it ranges from 36 to 72 months. And you could always refinance with us as well. How are the so, rates doing now, anyway? They've gone up heavily uh, yeah. since after COVID. I remember 0.9%, right? What is it at now? What right it now, it's uh, the lowest that I've seen is around 7, 8% with our credit unions. But I mean, state max is around 24, 25. But Whoa, you wow. won't really, I've never seen state max, but you won't really see state max unless you, you know, you've never paid any bills in your Maybe life. Maybe Biden has to win another term and <laughs> yeah, we'll see state exactly. max. Right. Hey, we weren't going to talk politics, Howie. <laughs> yeah, hey. <laughs> You're the one that started, like, <laughs> making sorry. fun of the Air Force. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> or chair forces, we yeah, call it. Right? Exactly. Hey, I was in the Air Force. so that's... I know. So that gives you the right. Yes, sir. Yeah, when, uh, so during Desert Storm, when I was over there, I actually stayed in Cobar Towers, which we, Cobar Towers actually got bombed, but that was after I left, right? There was a whole thing there. But, but yeah, that's how I started. I wasn't in a tent anywhere. I didn't have to dig trenches or anything. I was in a hotel. Nice. During Desert Storm. So don't hate me, man. No, I've heard yeah. some stories. <laughs> Y'all get five-star ratings all over. The, I mean, Air Force, they got a good. I'm not yeah. going to lie. That everybody wanted to go Air Force. After they joined the Marine Corps, they're like, oh, they see man. airmen over there just living the life mm -hmm. on vacation. We're just like, all right, cool. We're intense, you know, in the heat. <laughs> but well, you got to have good. Marines, but you got to have Air Force, too. I mean, those jets are awful nice when they come in oh, yeah. and help out. So if somebody's looking to get into the, the car business right mm. do you have like any tips or insight about what they should be looking for yeah uh everybody says you know they're a people person at the end of the day but yeah the the car business isn't really about cars it's about being a people person but relating and overcoming the objections that somebody might have because there's going to be some smart customers out there that question every single little thing down to the dollar but you have to really know how to get over that and at the same time i've seen so much turnover rate since i've been here that I guess the highest, like the, the biggest thing that I'd have to say is if you want to work, you know, go sell cars. But if you just need a job, you're not going to make it long. So like mm -hmm. you actually, if you have to really want to earn your paycheck, you have to really want to see the commission build up because at the end of the day, the performance in your paycheck is up to you. And so if you just need a job, don't do it. Go work at McDonald's because they're paying well right now. But if you really want to work and see the fruit of your labor, then, yeah, jump into the car business all day. One thing I think the car business is missing is if they give me a residual cut of that monthly check, or, you know what I mean, when they're that monthly payment, give me an extra 50 bucks a month, and then I could build a book of business out of it. That's how I look at everything. Yeah. It's all about mm -hmm. what kind of recurring revenue you can get going on. That's the mm -hmm. only issue I would have with with that. Of course, I guess you could argue you get it all up front, right? You don't have to worry about recurring because you're getting it all at one place. Yeah. I mean, uh, we have a saying in the car business, you go from here to zero, you'll sell 30, 40 cars at the end of the month, but... You know, first last of every month. month, you're back to zero. That's right. You're yeah. only as good as back the last car day. you sold. Yeah. yeah. All right, I, Ryan. I have another saying about the car business, by the yeah, way. Go ahead. No, doesn't go ahead. matter how ugly the car is, what, how bad the interior is, it's purple velour. 
there's an ask for every seat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you you just have to advertise it enough to find that person that's going to love that Burgundy Delta 88 diesel. 1976 model with a purple velour interior. Where do I get that car? Because I will take that all day. <laughs> I'll special order it for you. I'll find there one. There you go. <laughs> you ever watch that show, uh, Million Dollar Wheels? I do not know. I work so much. I I'm barely able to. Keep That's kind of a fun show where they order specialty cars and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's it's like new and used, but I mean it's a whole world of finding these cars and and then you know one. A uh, guy who owns it, and they got a client who says, hey, I'd like to buy a car like this. And they're yeah. like, well, I know somebody who owns it. And they go and they make an offer on this car, and they try and set those deals up. It's really kind of a cool show. I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. All right. So thanks, Ronnie, for coming in. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you for having me. Next up on the show is Stephanie Stonerob, the owner and founder of The Enterprising Agent, who specializes in business coaching for real estate agents. So, Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. You bet. Okay, so uh, two-time icon agent. What's an icon agent? Um, so an icon agent within the the, the company that I work with as, as a brokerage, um, we are basically the top 1% nationwide producing agents, which still feels very weird for me to say because when I got into real estate, I had no sales experience. I'm a little bit of an introvert. Um, I'm kind of on the surface, the antithesis of what you would expect a top producing agent to be. So every time I get reminded of that, it feels a little outside of body experience. We'll have to get into why you're successful then here in a minute. And that that's out of a lot of people. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I know just in San Antonio, there are 12,000 agents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 12,000. No, no, there are no. literally 12,000. Literally, really? in San Antonio Board of Realtors, there are over 12,000 agents. real number. I think there you, you go. That number. No. No. That's not a howieism right there. That's a real, the real statistic, yeah. man. All right, so winner of the Best Realtor in San Antonio 2021 and top three finalist Best Realtor in uh, San Antonio 2022. So why are you ranking so high? What's your deal? I think the reason why I have found success in this industry is I come at it not with sales but trying to solve a problem. But I've heard that before. But I actually do it. (laughs) Okay. So, okay, that's what you're saying. But tell me, what is it that you do that is, because there's something there. Yeah. So um, as a brand new agent, I was still working full time and I never expected to go full time real estate. But um, as I got into the industry and found opportunities to help people own their little bit of the Alamo city. I, I love San Antonio with all my heart. This is, this is home. I grew up here. This will always be in my heart home. And so having somebody become part of this thing that I love is kind of my, my purpose is, you know, what, what fuels me through the day, what I would hear over and over when I would work with buyers, especially the first time buyers is Stephanie, you're the first agent that didn't tell me no, or you're the first agent who didn't say, go fix your credit and come back to me when you're ready. For me, it is, Oh, we're going to figure this out together. And I don't care if it's three months, six months. My longest flight took us 18 months to get him to where he needed to be. But I was his advocate and his cheerleader throughout that whole process. So I think that's really where my success came from in working in buying and selling or working with buyers and sellers and has translated into working with agents as well. It's like, I'm that person that goes, no, we're going to dig into this until we can figure out a solution. And if you'll meet me halfway, I will go the distance with you. You said you're introverted, mm-hmm. right? So, but you but you identify as being extroverted. <laughs> Is uh, that how? Because seriously, yeah, like, yeah, I you're gonna find this hard to believe, but I used to be in high school, but like, and before that, very quiet. Mm-hmm. I didn't like public speaking. Same. I didn't like. Oh, it's like 
that to me, that was like the worst possible experience ever to talk to people in person, especially if there were more than three in the audience. We are the same. Yeah. But then all of a sudden I realized, you know, there's a pot of gold, not literally, but, you know, figuratively at the end of being able to communicate a message to a broad audience and convince them of something that is going to be beneficial to them. Yeah. And as a result, the byproduct is going to be that it's going to make me have a good career. And I saw that that was the way. Mm -hmm. And so is that kind of what you figured out? Absolutely. Is that when I found that I was able to make connections and meaningful connections. And, you know, you mentioned that, you know, in high school, you're like public speaking and if there's more than three in the crowd, I think it's that assumption that nobody really cares what we have to say or that nobody deep down really wants to hear us, even if we're coming from a good place. And so when I would communicate with people or offer options or try to offer solutions and they're like, oh, that's really cool. I never knew that was an opportunity for me or I appreciate what you're doing. It made me want to do it more. So, you know, now I talk in front of crowds all the time. I am much more comfortable with it, but it's because it's that reflecting that value of me being able to provide a service, to provide education, to be able to provide support, to, you know, to commiserate when we're having a bad day um, and, and having that be welcomed. And here's how I, go ahead. Here's how I, I look at it. So public speaking or being in front of people is not about me. Once right. I let go of that part yes. of it, it's about that person mm-hmm. getting the information or having a good experience or laughing. You know, it's like Howie and I, I love being around Howie because he makes me feel great because he's funny and it's a good time for me, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, Howie's not talking to me about himself. He's just, he's talking about whatever he's talking about and I'm enjoying it. Well, I take that same attitude towards speaking is it's, it's not about me being publicly accepted. It's just about me getting you the information or making you feel good or whatever. I love that aspect of public speaking. That helps me. Now, the introverted side Mm -hmm. is I recover by being alone. Same. Right? I can go out and do all the things. I could go sell cars, right? Mm -hmm. But I need to recover by myself. Yeah. Well, I don't need recovery time. Because, <laughs> okay, that's where we differ. Yeah, For a moment, differ. I was right there but with I you. What you're <laughs> but, but I will tell you that what you're talking about in providing value when you speak and also when you sell a product or mm-hmm. a service, the, the thing is that people, humans, buy and connect and trust, and we talked about that earlier, based on you telling stories. Yes. And so you have an experience with a man that it took 18 months to get him his house and you stayed with him the entire time. If you tell that story in front of a group of prospective homeowners, what the homeowners are listening to or the prospective homeowners are listening to is that, you know what, if that's the upper limit, 18 months, I don't think it's going to take me 18 months Mm -hmm. to get my credit fixed or to save up my down payment. Mm -hmm. And so I want to work with Stephanie because I know she's going to stick with me. So yeah, people personalize the story to them. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're telling it about this other guy. They're looking at it as for them. And then they come and talk to you and they already know. They trust that you're going to stick with them. You know that you have that stick to mm-hmm. anyway because you stayed with somebody for 18 months. And now they heard that story and they said, hey, what would it look like? Like, what would I need to do to be able to buy a house? Yeah. And I, th- I think it's having people feel like they don't have to be embarrassed around me, I think was, was one of the things that... Mm-hmm. Um, led to my success or led to people 
trusting me. Um, one of the stories, talking about telling stories, when I first decided to buy my first house a decade ago, I was rolling with a 510 credit score. So I, I've told folks, that's where I started one. So try to shock me. Try to like be the worst because I have been there. And I think when we can personalize it, whether it's a client that we worked with or a situation where um, we overcame some challenge or even just something personal, um, people recognize I can trust this person. And I know I'm not the realtor for everybody and not every client is the right client for me. So I think knowing that I'm going to find those right people that get me and get what I'm trying to do and why I'm trying to do it and how I can help them those folks that need that sort of help are going to recognize that. So, mm, with respect good. to the enterprising agent, yes. right? Because we're going to we're just having a great old time here. We're going <laughs> to run out of time, but so, um, what was the motivation to launch the enterprising agent, and what is it? Yeah. So, the enterprising agent is a real estate agent coaching uh, program or, or uh, service that I provide. Um, I am one. I've, I've been an entrepreneur or self-employed in some way, shape, or form more time or longer in my life than I've worked for somebody else. I love building businesses. Um, and so this gave me the opportunity to really dig into that taking something from nothing into something, which is kind of also the approach with my home buyers, my home sellers is like, we're starting from zero. How can we get you to a finish line? Um, and constantly be helping agents build these little businesses. So I feel like I can come in, help build a business and let them leave the nest without me having to build a new business for myself, you know, each and every year or, or when, oh, whenever slick. I get more. So you're doing money. both. Like then that. you're still you're still a, an agent and you're doing the coaching. Business. I am still an agent. I am still I do the coaching. I've taken a pretty hefty step back from sales. So I I now say that my agents are my clients. Before it was 100 percent buyers and sellers. I'm probably 10 percent buyers and sellers now past clients when they need something. But now my agents, that same approach that I gave to my buyers and sellers, I am now giving to real estate agents of how do we figure out your pain point and how do we find a solution to get to whatever version you're I like the way you're is. feeding your addiction, though. It, yes. You're, you're like, OK, I can mm -hmm. help other people rather than me starting a new business mm -hmm. every mm -hmm. other month. I can help other people do it, and that's how you're getting your fix. That's Absolutely. Slick. Absolutely. Yeah, and being a real estate agent is not as easy as people think it is. And I've seen, you know, I own an advertising agency, and I've been in business for mm -hmm. three decades, and I've had lots of agents come to me, and they said, oh, no, I already have my business cards in my website because my broker gave me these cards with my picture on them, and then they have this broker domain name dot mm -hmm. com forward slash agent forward slash San Antonio forward slash person's first name dot last name that nobody's going to ever find right online. And they think that that is the silver bullet. And now they're going to get so many people coming to them. And that's not the case, right? No. HGTV has lied to us. Um, <laughs> HGTV, Selling Sunset, you know, million dollar <laughs> listings that you dress cute, you show up, you sell a house, you make $30,000. Um, and those of us who've been in business for more than two seconds know that anything that we do, you, there's... It's got to be more. We get to see the easy part mm -hmm. on the surface, but there are these roots underneath that. Yeah, it's called hustle and grind. It is called hustle <laughs> and grind. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, and so being able to, to peel away and go, no, you are building a business and you have to treat it like a business, not like a hobby or not like what you right. see shiny on TV. Huh. You don't make six figures off of one house sale? 
It's crazy. Yeah. On Selling Sunset, they do. They, they make, do. Yeah. And, and then you get to go drink wine and gossip about the other person in the office. <laughs> right. And it looks like a lot of fun. Oh, but. no. And when you said shiny, you know, I always think about, and, and it's in, I think it's alive and well in a lot of businesses. It's the shiny object syndrome Yes, is what I call it. I don't think I've done a talk on that. Where people are like, oh, my God, real estate? I saw a show. I'm going to do that. Or with clients of mine, they're like, oh. I need to be on X and I need to be on, not ecstasy, you know, I know you, you're Twitter. looking at me like, well, I got Twitter. I was like, well, that, I mean, that, that, I can help the, given the, the situation. The social platform form, formerly known as Twitter. Mm -hmm. uh, but I need to be on Facebook. Why? Why? Well, because I have competitors on it and they're on it and I need to be on it. Are you on social media personally? No, I hate social media. I don't want to be mm -hmm. on it at all. Man, what do you think? Who do you think is going to follow and follow you on business? Right. So it's the shiny object mm -hmm. syndrome, right? They want a charger and they leave with a Corolla because mm -hmm. that's that's what they, they need a Corolla. They want they want a charger. Yeah. You know. So you got to build them up. So yeah. That, and there's a lot of that. Is that mm -hmm. human nature? Shiny Absolutely. object syndrome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we like that, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think really television has ruined you know buying homes for most people. Yes. You're watching HGTV mm -hmm. and Netflix and all that. But Man, we picked a lot of fights today. <laughs> We the Air we've Force, insulted TV, Netflix. networks, <laughs> you know, yeah, specific shows. Mm -hmm. We're like a bunch of crabs tearing everybody down. <laughs> so uh, with the enterprising agent, mm -hmm. you work with agents like just in San Antonio, just in Texas. What's the deal there? Yeah. Who are you working with? Right now I'm focused 100% on agents throughout Texas. Um, they don't have to be with the same brokerage that I'm with. Um, I have found that when I work with our Texas agents, I know Texas contracts, so I can help them on – what they are most afraid of, which is Texas Real Estate Commission, you know, coming knocking down their door because they messed up. Um, we are in the process of expanding outside of Texas in the new year. So that's what's coming next for Enterprising Agent. Um, but f since 2021, it's been Texas real estate agents throughout the state. So there's specifics about contracts, but what else do you coach them on? I mean, I know yeah. there's probably a long laundry list, but give me the big ones. What yeah. are the things that they're lacking that their brokerage doesn't train them on? Yeah. So... When we have an agent come on board into the coaching program, the first thing that we do is we set aside 30, 45 minutes to talk about, okay, what are your goals? You have to know where you're going, where you want to go, because if not, I have no idea how to build a roadmap to get you there. Um, we're going to talk about what are the challenges that we need to overcome, um, whether it's a, a schedule or something that you're afraid of or something that you feel weak on. How can we lift that up? Um, we talk about marketing, and I love that you mentioned um, I've got to be on Facebook, but I hate social media. I tell my agents there are 50 ways to build a business, and so we have to find those things that you are going to stick with, those things that you are not picking just because you saw somebody else do it, but the things that we know you're going to be excited to do because there's enough in this industry that will tear you down, that will feel like uh, will feel like that grind. So why would I want to put you in front of the thing that you dread the most? So we pick maybe two or three things for them to really focus on for 30 to 60 days to track, okay, where are we finding success? What are those things that you thought you were going to love, but you're like, oh no, now that I know what that's like, that's probably not for me. I think I want to do more like this. So it's, it's a journey. I compare it to hiring like a personal yeah. trainer, you know, do you want to run a marathon? Do you want to bodybuild? Yeah, what are we looking goal? to do? What, what is your goal? And giving you the specific exercises to get you to what that <laughs> looks like. So um, our program isn't everybody gets the same thing. Our program is what do you need to get where you need to go and how can we follow you along the way? Again, very much like your home buyer, your home sellers. What are those things that we need to hit on this journey to get you to success? Right. How are you compensated? Um, so I am compensated uh, – Depend, depending on the client, 
Um, if they're with our brokerage, um, our brokerage is set up that if our agents are producing, I get a cut from production. doesn't come out of their pocket, which is really nice for them because it's a no mm, financial yeah, risk great. way of them to come in and try something new and play and get out of their comfort zone and know that um, the brokerage will, will foot that bill. Um, in the new year, since we're going to be expanding outside of Texas, we're going to be rolling out a subscription model. Um, and we can talk more about that, but something very affordable. Um, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about like guru culture in just a moment. And, and Actually, we're out of time. Oh. Yeah. And it went by Next real show. fast, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah, we we'll just have to do a follow up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah, it's we run out of time pretty quick. Yeah. No worries. No worries. But yeah. So uh, if folks want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Yeah. So if they want to get in touch with me, they can go to theenterprisingagent.com. They can fill out a form to get a free coaching session with me so we can find out if they're a good fit. Also on Instagram at Enterprising Agent and on Facebook at The Enterprising Agent. Love it. And then you know what? We should ask Ronnie if people want to get a hold of you. How do they do that? I'm on every single platform. Brand name is Revan Ronnie or Ronnie Vargas. Um, But yeah, you can find me anywhere. Did I actually forget to ask him that? I did? Mm -hmm. Wow. I didn't want to throw you under the bus. I thought I was a professional here all this time, but (laughs) I got your back. Thanks, man. All right, let's wrap up the show. Quick reminder, check out our latest podcast and catch video versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com, which is actually dark off the screen now. But at any rate, uh, great job, everybody. Thanks a lot. And uh, Allie, thanks for being here. Oh, no, always a pleasure. And look, voila, we're back back on. on. Back on the big screen. All right, you guys have a great week. We'll see you on the next one. Yep.